it's a constant journey of exposing yourself to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know who you are right now. And, and this is, is, I'm saying this as much myself as I'm saying to you and to our audience. We don't know who we are until we go and reach and extend ourselves beyond where we're at. Then we can start to go, oh, this is more me. But if you keep doing what everyone else is doing and you never push or reach yourself, you don't know yourself because you just know yourself based on what everyone else is telling you to want and telling you who to be. So you, you, you owe it to yourself to reach beyond that just to find out who you are. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome one, welcome all back to Way of the Artist podcast. We've, uh, we've got, I mean, we always feel like we've got a pretty good one, but uh, <laughs> we think we got a good one today based on our conversation to, uh, to get this one kicked off. Uh, and this one is the life story you want to live. And we're going to get into some territory, I think, on this one that um, I know for myself, is in the past, but even still sometimes now is things that makes me a little uncomfortable are things that make me a little uncomfortable. Let's use some grammar today. And, uh, (laughs) um, and, but maybe we can dive into some of this subject and demystify and change some perceptions around issues about setting goals Ooh. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> goal setting is something that just like makes people cringe and um can make people feel um just a, a lot of guilt people feel a lot of shame um it fills people with a lot of shoulds and i'm not and you know feelings of inadequacy and stuff like that so but we're going to try and flip the script a little bit here on how we look at, at goals and, and how we pursue the directions and the vision of, of the things we want in our life and, and really how these are things that help us to tell the story of, of our lives. Yeah. Most people don't set goals in my experience. They, they don't even know their number one most important goal if you were to ask them. They, they might make it up on the spot, but they don't think about it every day. They don't, they don't have a plan on how they're going to get it. And they're not even sure maybe even why they want it. Um, so like right away, if you think about the most important thing in your life that you want and you don't even know how to get it and you don't know why you want it and you're not even entirely clear on what it is and you don't even have that written down. I mean, what do you think your chances are of actually making that happen? You know, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of resistance about writing down goals. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of fear around it that people will often not admit they have about goals. And there's just a lot of resistance because like, if you think about it, we try to avoid disappointment. And a lot of us Mm -hmm. have a relationship to goals where there's this kind of like lingering thing of disappointment. Well, I don't want to be disappointed disappointed, right? I don't want to be, I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to feel that. So then just kind of like keep it real foggy, keep it kind of, you know, out there, 
mm-hmm. and, uh, don't, don't put too much attention on it. If it happens, it happens kind of mentality. And it's kind of a recipe for disaster really. And there's yeah. a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. And I mean, particularly like not like this is something that's valuable to everybody, but like when particularly looking at it through the sort of artist lens, whether you are in an artistic field or a creative field that requires, um, or even if you're not in one of those things, but you know, it's something that you want to do, something that you dream of doing that like is actually the thing that if you could choose to do anything, that is what you would do. I mean, the creative fields is there's a tremendous amount of vulnerability that, that comes with that. And, um, and the, the thing is, is that very often with like the things that are so important to us, that are the most important to us, um, you know, that feeling of, of not wanting to be disappointed is just magnified. You know, because like, you know, you don't really care about setting goals for things that are that are simple and easy and don't have much meaning to you. Right. Like there's we don't usually have much difficulty with things like that. We set little goals for ourselves all the time, sometimes just unwittingly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's like really the, the importance of goal setting is when it comes to the big things and the things that are really important to us. And I think that that is maybe the first place to begin with this discussion is because we we talked a little bit about this notion in a past podcast where we're talking about um, discipline and practice and some of our misunderstandings about what those things are. Because again, discipline is another word that fills people with a lot of (laughs) shame and guilt and and just they cringe at. But really, it's like a discipline is meaningless unless it's upholding something that is actually of value to you. You know, otherwise, we're just taking on the disciplines of other people, because we think that's what we're supposed to be doing. And we become secondhand human beings that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not really living for our lives and for what we are called to. We're, we're living our lives based on expectations from other people and an outside, um, out from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that goals are very much the same way. Again, sometimes we set, I think, goals that have absolutely nothing to do with the things that we actually care about. Sometimes the goals that we set are based on things that we think that we should be setting goals for, you know, and it's not to say that you, you can't take, you can't borrow and be inspired by the goals of other people. If they actually like move you and inspire you in some way, then absolutely, you know, take it, (laughs) you know, repurpose it, uh, 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 transmute it for yourself. Absolutely. But there is, there is a, an important degree of self-awareness that is required when it comes to setting good goals for yourself. You bring up a good point. What's a, you know, what is a good goal, you know, what's, what's a, maybe a not so good goal. And there's a quote and I totally forget who said it, but it's something like it goes something along the lines of people believe they're free because they, they set their own goals, desires, or wants. But what they fail to realize is that those goals and desires and wants are actually where those come from, that that they didn't come from them. You know what I mean? So why they even want what they want didn't even come from them, but they think because they know what they want that they somehow are free. And I think that part of goal setting is exposing things that 
you think you want, but you don't actually want. Because once you go and you get close enough to them, or sometimes you have to actually attain them, you realize this wasn't what you wanted. What you actually wanted was something else. And the, the, a very good example of this would be like, for example, you want like uh, a lot of money or you want a sports car, you want fame, or you want to uh, win some award, right? And a giant think, house. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Something that is, is usually very superficial, but I do think that superficial goals pave the way to deep, profound goals. And mm-hmm. so it's actually important to set superficial goals, not because you actually want to get superficial things, but because you want to expose why you even want superficial things and yeah. find out what you actually want. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, that's, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a bizarre kind of starting point. You know, sometimes you have to go full circle with something yeah. because like, you know, in the example of, it's like, you know, you, you want to have a big house and a nice car. Right. And it's like, you want, your goal is to have these material things. And so that requires, you know, you, you pick a, a certain type of career that's going to make you a certain amount of money and you got to do the things that, you know, that are required of that, you know, and you kind of backtrace your way through. That's usually how goal setting goes. You know, you need to, you know, where's the place you want to land. And then you, you go, you trace backwards from there. It's like, okay, well then what's the step before that and the step before that until you get to where you can actually begin. Um, but I, I, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but, (laughs) but the thing is, is that, so like, let's say you do all things and you get to that, that point where you, you have those things and there's, again, there's always something else beyond that. And the thing is that very often what people don't realize is that the house and the car were not really what it was about. The house and the car were, are very often symbolic representations of something deeper within us. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not just empty. They're not completely nothing, but it's important to understand that usually when there's a material goal, it's actually because it represents something within us, a deep need or want within us. And maybe that can be, um, you know, for some people it's, it's a sense of security, Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it's uh, um, it's a sense of um, being good enough, right? You know, like these things. But the 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 trouble can start to be. I mean, maybe this is a completely separate conversation. But the trouble can be is that like those things can't actually give you those things, but they can definitely be an indication to us of what that deeper want and desire is. Totally. It's, I think goals are very much a maturity, they're a maturity thing. And when you don't set them, you fail to mature that way. And a lot of people stay very much in an infancy stage in life where they never really mature because they never set goals. So yeah, sure. They've grown up and they become adults and they figured out how to do life. But like, um, it, it, it's like, they don't know themselves. They don't know what they really want. And if you look around the world and you look around at a lot of, like a lot of people can acquire things and they can kind of do things, but like you you begin to start to see, well, it all looks the same. Everybody's doing all the same stuff. Like, does everybody just get up and just want the same stuff? Like, and we're taught that that's what you're supposed to want. You're supposed to want certain things, whatever culture Mm -hmm. you're in, you're taught, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to want. This is what you're supposed to get and all of that. Yeah. And 
there's no individuality in that. And I think like one of the things that we're trying to do with these conversations is help people begin to see that they're more, um, there's more authenticity to them than they realize. There's more to them than being a carbon copy of what everyone else is doing. And the people who get agitated by being a carbon copy are already kind of on a path of authenticity, I think. But Mm -hmm. when you're kind of like not getting agitated by it, or at least you're trying, you just have a lot of ways of covering it up. Like you're not happy with your life. You don't like your job or you don't like your situation, but you're not really doing anything about it. And you have no, like you're taking no action to do anything about it. You're in a place of like repression and, I'd even argue depression because now what you've done is you've taken all this stuff that's that you want to express and you put it inside. And what goals do is they get you to express that stuff. So like a depressed person doesn't really set goals. (laughs) Think about it. Like who do you know that's depressed? Maybe to feel better, but like that's about as far as it goes. Right. So like when when a person is actually expressive, that's when they start to set goals because they actually go like, Hey, I do this, I do that. I, you know, and they start to go like, well, maybe I could do this and maybe I could do that. But when you're repressed or depressed, you don't, you don't express goals, but look at that. Isn't that funny? 95% of people don't actually set goals or like write their goals down. It's, mm-hmm. it's, so I think that that says immediately that there's a whole lot of us that have not been in our full expression. And so we don't set goals because we're actually repressed and depressed. We're, we're taking all our expression, all our emotion and keeping mm-hmm. it buried inside and, yeah. and not looking at it. Well, I mean, yeah, it can... It, there is, it's, it's a fascinating thing that we, um, very much is in, I mean, I, I can't speak for, you know, every culture in the world, but like, there's I, definitely, you know, our sort of North American culture. Um, and, and, you know, we're in, we're in, in Canada here and like, there, there's this sort of politeness, you know, this, that that's in Canada that we, um, have a, a difficulty just saying the thing that we want, you know, like actually communicating because we feel like, well, that's selfish. That's, you know, we have all of these reasons, you know, again, there's, there's shame and guilt in, in just being um, sometimes that's involved with saying the thing that we actually want or asking for the thing that we actually want. Um, so that's like, there's, there's a lot of, of fear that comes out with just, with just, asking for those things, for saying the things that, that, that we want to actually go for. And, and it's a, it's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. And that can be a challenge to, to get past it, just to, to go and, and yeah, just write it down or say it to another person, um, to just say it to ourselves sometimes, which is where it has to begin. Right. Um, for, yeah, for all kinds of reasons we have, resistance to it beyond just, you know, some of the stuff that we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation. Um, but you know, we, we absolutely have to begin saying these things because, you know, we, I mean, I believe that each one of us has our, we've been, we were brought into this universe, you know, like we were, we, we've come out of the universe as an expression of something in this world. And we have an innate nature 
to each one of us, just like anything that we would see in the natural environment. There is a function, there is a purpose, there is something that each thing fulfills in its ecosystem, its environment, and, and you know, as human beings, we are no different than that, but we fulfill arguably a more complex <laughs> function. Right. And sometimes we can get lost in, in the complexity of it, but it doesn't change the fact that each person has something within their nature that they've been called to, to bring to expression into the world. We have gifts that we have to share and to, and to, and to bring to light and being able to um, authentically share what our goals are to ourselves and to others is is a huge step in us fulfilling what our nature calls of us. Mm -hmm. I hope There's, that was somewhat lucid. I felt like I was going a little off the rails. I was getting a little <laughs> in the weeds with that one, but. Well, I, I mean, I agree. I think that there, like, I, I always ask when I, when I work, I have a class that I work with and I always like, I go, what animates you? What, what animates you to do all the stuff that you do here? Yeah. Like, I mean, what's, what is that? thing inside of you that's getting you to do this stuff you know and it's like we're so much more than just um creatures of survival you know and mm -hmm. when we when we subjugate our life to existence of survival it's it's kind of sad you know so it makes sense why people are disappointed because they're just surviving and and then and then they compound it by like playing the victim and being like i'm a victim because the world's hard and life's hard it's like look you can fight for your for your position and you can keep it your whole life. And, you know, it's no one else's responsibility to pull you out of it. If you want to play the victim and you want to be like suffering and, and small and in survival mode your whole life, you can do that. You have that option, but like, be honest with yourself. That's not what you want. So at some point you're going to have to say, okay, like I got to take care of me and taking care of you is about, like reaching beyond whatever it is you're at. And that doesn't matter. You could be mm -hmm. in the poorest of the poorest places or the height of, of, of wealth. It doesn't really matter where you are. And people get all wrapped up in like where they are, what their position is in life. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you have a goal to get you to reach because that is the point of life. It is to reach. Reach is expression. For you to reach beyond yeah. where you're at, to, to extend beyond what you know is mm -hmm. the point of your existence. That's what animates a person. Yeah. So if you have nothing to reach for, you won't be very animated. Yeah. So think about it that way, right? Like, so the goal is, is not so much what the goal, but it, what it does is it gets you to reach beyond yeah. where you're at, which is the point. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, you know, what you're saying is like, it, it relates because it's like, well, what are we here to do but reach? What are we here to do but strive? Mm -hmm. You know, not because you need to accomplish these things or be something, but because it just helps you live a better expression of your life and be happier. Yeah, it, it brings, yeah, it brings out, it has the, you, you give yourself the opportunity for your, your qualities, your best qualities to come out and to discover that you are more than you, you thought you were. I mean, like the, that's like the sort of, are, are the greatest stories from literature all the way through every other medium that's existed in storytelling. Transcendence is at the heart of like every single one. Like you can pretty much look at almost any, 
any great story that you've ever read or seen in a movie and transcendence is, uh, is a part of it. And that means going for something that means, you know, it, it means stepping out of something that you were before going past your old limitations and, and, and discovering something new. Um, and that was actually something that we had talked about before we started recording as well, which was, you know, to, to use this sort of an analogy and, and put the artistic spin on, on this whole thing of, of goals, you know, any, I mean, you can put this with almost any form, but you know, storytelling is, is a nice, easy parallel to this one. Um, you know, if you're writing a story or you're writing a script or something like that, you know, there's, uh, it's important. Outlining is almost always like, a crucial step. I think there are very few writers who I've heard of who don't outline at least something, you know, sometimes like some are more thorough than others, but most writers have to have some sort of structure before they can really um, start doing the actual act of writing the story. And we can look at, so like part, I'll just go through some of my own process of, of, of screenwriting. You know, it's like, there's, you kind of go from macro to micro. It's like, you know, you begin with going, it's like, okay, well, what is, you know, like thematically, what is this story about? You know, like what is the main action of the story? Who is, who is the hero? What is the, you know, obstacle and how do they, they solve it? You know, like these basic things, but then, you know, I, at one point I will write down every scene in point form. It's like, okay, in this scene, it happens here. This is kind of the, the crux of the action of the scene. Next scene, right? Scene two, scene three, scene four. And each one of those, those scenes is like a little goal. Each one of those pieces, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Brandon, because you're much more experienced in, in writing than I am. But um, I'm just going to get the ball rolling here. And but each one of those is is like a small goal. It's a it's a little marker along the way towards reaching this sort of transcendent finish, <laughs> right? This transcendent conclusion, and we can look at it in that aspect and and. And, but part of the thing about writing is that you can have all of these things that you've outlined, all your little, you know, quote unquote goals along the way. And as you're writing it, discover that it's like, oh, you know what? This scene needs to change or there's a better scene to, be, to come here than the one that I had initially planned. And there's room for that. That is completely and absolutely okay. I agree. I mean, it's, it's so much like that. It's, you know, you, when you start a story, I've written stories in both ways. When I started as a screenwriter, I didn't know, like started screenwriting, I should say, I didn't know how to structure a story. I didn't really know how that went, but I knew I just needed to get started. So I started writing and then I let kind of the dialogue and the characters unfold. And most of these stories died off at page 30 when they were intended to be like a 90 or hundred page script, because what ends up happening yeah. is it just gets so aimless at a certain point that it gets hard to go like, well, where am I even going? And so then as, after I did that a few times, I started to realize like, okay, well I should get a little more organized and, and kind of make a plan so mm -hmm. that I know where I'm headed. And, you know, 20 years later, um, 
what, what I've developed, and I'll give people a little screenwriting lesson if they want, but it relates to life. Um, I, the way I break down a script now is like I have these three types of scenes. There's a star scene, a key scene, and a bridge scene. A star scene is like something that I would probably put in like the log line or the pitch, something that like is very important. I might include it, I might not, but it's like vital to the story. So there's a major betrayal or there's a major uh, fight or there's a major outcome or a major uh, turning point, right? So these things will be stars. They're like moments where I'm like really, really committed to getting to. They're like real big, important goals in your life. And those tend to not change, although sometimes they will. And then what will happen is you'll rewrite the whole pitch of the movie as you're rewriting the movie because you realize there's a better movie, right? Mm -hmm. For example, um, like... I don't want to ruin this movie if someone has hasn't seen it, but like the sixth sense, for example, M night Shyamalan didn't figure out the key twist to that story until draft six. So in draft six, then he figured out the key turning point. He literally the, the context of the story changed. Although the events were relatively similar, this changed a major element in the story changed the whole story. Right? So first of all, goals are a little bit like that you're writing and you're, or, or you're doing life and you're doing this goal. And then all of a sudden some new information comes to light or a new possibility. And you might have been doing the same thing, but now you're doing it differently because you have a new insight. So a star scene is kind of like, you're still pretty much committed to that, but then, you know, they'll probably say the same. If they change, you're rewriting a major direction of the story. Okay. Second one, I call them key scenes. They're, they're scenes that are probably going to stay in the movie. They're very important scenes. They're like very important moments, but then the story structure like as a whole doesn't entirely rely on them. So they can kind of come and go and get interchanged. And then there's the third scene, which is like kind of the least important scene. And I call these scenes bridge scenes. Bridge scenes are still important scenes at the end of the day if they make the movie. But what they do is they bridge you from one key scene to the next or one star scene to the next. And here's the thing about the bridge scenes. You can burn them burn your bridges, burn your bridge scenes, right? Cut them out and, and tighten up your script, right? They don't, they're the ones that in, in the end, they don't matter because there's so much of the transition. When you're setting goals, there's like, a lot of times goals, you think they're the, the star, you think they're the key, but they're not, they're the bridge. All they're doing is getting you to the key or getting you to the star point in your life so that you can see that. And we think that, oh, the car, the car is what I want. It's like, no, the car is a bridge to get you to what you actually want. But you need to go for the car to get to see from that mountain peak what the actual new horizon is. So if you want to look at it like that, it's like you need to have a bridge scene because you need to know how you went from A to B but maybe you don't need the journey from A to B. Maybe you just need A and B at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes, you know, and, and this is an important thing and, and like this is taking sort of an artistic view of life because there's with, within any art, there is a high degree of presence that is involved and presence and engagement. So it's like, yes, there's this, you know, in many ways, the, the, the plan, the goals are, are, are there to give you kind of a foundation and a place to, to just get yourself started to actually begin taking action on, on what you want. But it doesn't mean that it's like, you're not just finished. That, that doesn't mean that it's just static and, and that's how it all goes now. Like life, life is funny like that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, 
there's a continual engagement that is required as you're going on because sometimes a, a work starts to reveal something that you hadn't thought or considered before, or there's just a, suddenly there's a possibility that enters that you're just like, you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was within the realm of possibility. And you have to absolutely 100% pursue that. You have to take action on that thing. And it doesn't mean that the rest of the plan is, is for naught. It doesn't mean that the rest of the, the, the blueprint, the structure that you set up before is, is a waste. You know, like you may very well find yourself um, back at some point that was in the original outline. Mm-hmm. You know, and you say like, okay, yeah, this it it changed for this little section here, but now we're kind of back to to where I was before, and so it's really it gives you a it gives you a foundation where you can orient yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that that could be for some people a good way to look at what uh, at setting goals. It's like it's a way of just orienting yourself of of having a place where it's like knowing where you are. You know, so you can figure out what to do next, right? But it's, again, I want to reiterate that this is all to serve a, a larger goal that is of tremendous meaning and importance to who you are as a person and to what you feel called to do in this life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think goals come down to really two things. They come down to like, if you want to talk about story, they come down to arc and a scene or a goal has, has one of two purposes, if not both, either you change or the world around you changes, but something has to change. And when you have a goal, you recognize what needs to change, whether it's you or the world around you. So when people become activists, for example, they recognize the world needs to change around them. But a lot of the time on that journey, they begin to realize they need to change because it's actually not the outside world. But going after trying to save the world was what they needed to activate themselves to change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people who are very like personal growth orientated and they're like, I realize I'm the problem in my life and I'm not getting what I want. But like, then they realize that changing themselves was not actually that difficult because all it took was a discipline or two and all of a sudden they're in a good place. Mm-hmm. But then they realize they have power to change the world around them and actually impact and affect other people's lives that they weren't thinking about because really they were so small in their own. So like a goal creates change that is important. I mean, one of our last podcasts, we we're talking about trust and the change, you know, but a goal kind of gets you to actually initiate change on your own terms and not wait for the world to force you to change. You know, mm-hmm. because if you keep eating badly, you know the result. You know the result. You're going to get overweight. You're going to be unhealthy. Uh, you might get sick. You know, um, there's there's all sorts of other effects. Other people might lose you that rely on you. You might lose your job. You might other things might occur, right? So, like, um, you can wait until that happens, or you can go. You know what? I don't feel a lot of energy. I don't like the way I look at myself when I look in the mirror. I need to change. And through that like design desire to like get your body more in shape, for example, maybe it's just a physical, like the way you look would cause you to eat healthier would cause you to do activities you wouldn't normally do. And through that, you might find out that you, you meet somebody who becomes your next best friend or becomes your life partner or whatever. And you needed to do that activity to get you to the place so that you could meet someone new or do something new so that your mind would open up so that you could see another goal or another idea. But if you keep staying the same, 
and you don't change, change is going to be forced upon you. And I think this is the problem when people don't set goals, which is, this is my main point. This is what I'm trying to get to. If you don't make a plan, you will be a part of someone else's plan. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, look, somebody's making a plan and they have a plan and they, and they intend to use things. And sometimes you will be of their use. And when they don't need you anymore, they will discard you um, unless you provide service back to them to help them continue their plan. So when you have a plan, you will probably be the same way, but you don't have to look at it as like a bad thing. Look at it like, okay, do our plans align? Then we're planning together at least and not just like using each other and someone has a plan and I'm being used or whatever or you're using like, like, and people who set goals tend to want to be around people who set goals because like you begin to be team participants, you begin to work together. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways we could go down a lot of avenues. I'm just yeah, going to no, leave it there. But like, yeah. Yeah. Like we definitely talked like, you know, like plans, um, plans go to shit all the time too. Totally. Right. So it's yeah. like, it, it's an interesting relationship is is because like there's there is this balance to it and there is like again like nothing is ever just something that's like set in stone and nothing goes perfectly ever at least not in in the way that we would necessarily view perfectly it's like you know things things are perfect but things don't go perfectly in our minds um but because the thing is like, yeah, plans, plans go to shit all the time, which is why there's a level of presence that is required because when things kind of go to shit, it means there's a, a redirection. Um, I can't remember who it was that I, I read this from, but it was, they were talking about systems and they said like, they were taught by like a professor that they, they had that like, um, any good system is is a system that lasts long enough to be replaced by an by a better one or something you know because it's like it's like yeah like they like not all plans and systems they they just simply cannot account for for everything and all of the variables that could come into play but the importance of it is that it gets the ball in motion mm-hmm. you know like it's like it it prevents because like you were saying beforehand like when you first started writing and learning how to write and you didn't know anything about structure or anything you know that's when writers begin to get writer's block you know Mm -hmm. you get a certain part of the way and you're saying like oh shit i don't know where i'm going now i mean it doesn't mean that it's too late it just means that like well maybe now's the time to look at where you're at and create a plan from here Mm -hmm. you know like it's because that's the thing it's 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 never it's never too late. You know, like there's, there's, you can always, you know, begin with where you are. I mean, for one, that's the only place you can begin from, but that there is nothing wrong with starting from where you're at, you know, but um, now is the opportunity to set the things into motion that will help you to succeed in, in fulfilling the things that are of, of true importance to you. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about, you know, you are where you are and, and starting where you're at. Like if you're going to go anywhere, you got to start with where you're at. And I think part of, you know, goal setting, like I've heard people use the excuse like, Oh, I'm too old or it's too late. I mean, 
<laughs> like that, that's that's such a bogus excuse yeah. because it's like you are where you are i mean yeah. it's like it's, it's never too late to be what you might have been exactly i don't remember who it was who said that but it's that one's that one's always stuck with me yeah and i mean there's all sorts of excuses people use you know and i think the other thing too is this whole thing about disappointment just to like jump back to that right because we don't set these goals because we're worried we won't get them or we'll be disappointed or whatever i mean if you had a goal and, and your goal was set like, okay, I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to figure out what it takes and I'm going to do it. And there is a way to get it. Whatever you want, there's a way to make it happen, especially if it's already been done before. There is a way to make that happen and you can get it. But if you go along the journey and even if you get 99% there and then you realize you don't want it, it's okay. But a lot of people are like, oh, but I still have to achieve it because I told everybody that this is what I wanted. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can get to a certain point, any point in the goal and realize you don't want that, but you want something else. It's fine to change direction of your goal and decide now that you had a new awareness that actually you want to redirect and go over here. It doesn't mean you failed that goal. What it means is that goal served its purpose, which was yeah. to get you to the point to see what you actually wanted. And so you don't have to feel disappointment about it, but there is an inner honesty thing where you have to be honest with yourself about like, are you turning away from it because you decided that it's too hard or some bullshit like that? Like, you know, you got to be honest with yourself about that. Right. Yeah. But, and the, and then the other thing is you can get what you want and then it doesn't really make you happy, but that's a good lesson. You know, that's a good realization. You know, you get this thing that you thought you wanted and then you realize it doesn't actually do what you thought it would. Now that's a good moment for you to realize, well, what do I actually want here? Because maybe you wanted to get the car or the house or the recognition or the thing because you actually wanted to get something else. And you created this kind of elaborate strategy of thinking, I need to get this before I can get that because that will make me qualify or make me good enough. And really what you were doing is it exposed your imposter syndrome, syndrome where you're going, mm -hmm. I need to get this or be this before I can have that. And maybe that wasn't true. Well, good, you learned that. So the goal taught you something. I mean... What, what would you prefer? Go around the rest of your life believing in a lie, believing in things that aren't true? Like, like yeah. The, yeah. The, it exposed the truth. That sometimes is the point of a goal. Yeah. No, that's that you bring in a, a really, you know, you, that's a really important and fascinating angle to, to all of this as well. Um, you know, to me, it's just like, it speaks to, you know, just the, the sort of mysteriousness of, <laughs> of, of how our lives unfold sometimes and, you know, leaving, leaving room for that, you know, allowing that to happen. You know, uh, we did a conversation on this a while back, you know, I think it was called like, what's wrong with a little bit of mystery <laughs> yeah. because it's just like, you know, like our, our life are, we're permeated, we're surrounded by, giant mysteries, you know, and, and this is one of these weird examples of, of some of these funny mysteries where we're pursuing wholeheartedly, you know, a goal that we believe in. And then we get to a point where we realize like, hang on a second, <laughs> this isn't, this actually isn't what I want. But, you know, we, then we have to, you know, shift and, and change and grow and, and we continue on. But that's, you know, like that's, that's part of it. That's, that's part of engaging with the mystery as opposed to resisting it. And, mm -hmm. and by leaving room for that, by allowing that mystery to live 
in our lives, um, you know, there's, there's richness to it. There's also an element of, of playfulness as well, you know, because goals should be, should inspire, um, joy and, and, um, and, and playfulness and, and excitedness, you know, like, yes, absolutely. It, it can stir up those feelings of, of fear and, but that's not the place to operate from, you know, it's just like, we need to, you know, it's, it's follow your, your joy, right. As um, pursue your joy as um, uh, Joseph Campbell always told his, his students, you know, it was just like, that's, that's his ultimate piece of wisdom. It's like, follow your joy, pursue your joy is, is the only thing that really matters. Yes. Yes. There are, you know, there are things that you might be afraid of if you, if you do that and consequences, if you do that, but the, the alternative is you live a life that is run simply and solely on, on fear. Mm -hmm. Well, following your joy is also not just like doing like satiating yourself, like trying to just feel good all the time. It's about about connecting to something that you really want. I mean, um, you know, if you take a kid, for example, and you, you know, you put them into school and they're not doing well. They're not doing well, not usually in my, look, I teach and I, I can tell you this, whether it's a child or an adult, and I, I've done this long enough to tell you one thing. If someone doesn't have a reason why they want to learn, if they don't have a purpose, if they don't have a joy that they're connected to, it's like pulling teeth to get them to do stuff. But if you get them connected to what they truly want, you can't stop them. They'll start doing research on their own. They'll start picking up books and looking at movies and looking at YouTube videos, doing all sorts of things to figure it out. And I know the truth it's true for myself. So just to share a story to kind of relate when I was in, uh, when I was in school, first of all, long story short, I had a really um, great teacher in grade three, the third grade. And then in the fourth grade, uh, I had a, uh, a, a teacher that was very, I just want to say like very um, tyrannical and like she was mean to me and I I had a very negative experience. Grade three, I was an ideal student, mostly because I was being nurtured and treated well. This other teacher, she looked at me like I was an idiot and uh, it really affected me. Uh, I started faking sick for a lot of uh, my school all the way up to about grade nine, right? Ninth grade. I just kind of, skip school and I didn't do too well. And mostly I was just like a C student. And then I'd get like an A in gym or something like that, or, or physical education. And then, um, in, uh, in the 10th grade, I decided that I would like, someone said I couldn't do well at school and just to prove them wrong. I just studied real hard and I did real well, but that was just to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Kind of went back to my ways. And then the next couple of years, and I went to honor roll, grade 10, by the way, just from, and everyone's like, how, how do you do it? Right. But I just did it for like one year. And then I just like didn't do well in grade 11 and 12 because I just didn't care anymore. And, um, but then around grade, like the summer between 11 and 12, um, I actually found film directing and I got so passionate about it. I got so excited about it that I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to film school. I'm going to do this. So I went, I had to go to college. I'm going to keep this story as short as I can, but I had to go to college because I didn't graduate for like a university level because my grades are low. 
but I went to college and I aced everything. Like I, like two, two years, I just aced everything. My grade point average was so high. I went to UBC, University of British Columbia. And the grade point average you had to have when you went to UBC was super high. And this kid that basically struggled all the way through high school, went into college, went to UBC. I was in UBC and all I wanted was to be in the film program, but you couldn't get into the film program right away because you had to do these art pre-reds quits and all this stuff to get in there. So I studied my other classes while I was waiting to get in there. And while I did that, I also read all the books that were in the film program. So I did a full course load and I did the full film course load basically because I just wanted to learn. But the thing is, is once I got clear on what I wanted and I was, they couldn't stop me. Like I was buying all the books. I was being proactive about it. Then I got into film school and here's the funny thing. I realized I didn't want to be in film school because I thought, you know, so I ended up leaving film school and just going off and making films. But getting to film school made me realize I didn't want film school, but it doesn't matter because wanting to go to film school is what got me to actually be proactive of my education and turn myself into someone that could create opportunities. So like you don't necessarily know what you want, but here's the thing. If you figure out that there's something you want, it will get you to do the things you need to do. And that's what's important. A lot of times we think that wherever we think we want is the goal, but it's just, I like to think of it more as like, I want this so I can find out what it is I really want, which is beyond the, the crest of this mountain. So when I, when I get to the top of that mountain, then I'll be able to see the new horizon and then I'll know what I want. Because right now, all I know that I want is this. And I think if people look at goals that way, they can start to go like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, and maybe you climb a mountain and you realize that it's an unimportant mountain, but that's okay. Because when you're at that peak, you're going to see something else. And I think that's the whole point. Yeah. And I think that that goes to, to speak towards, you know, um, sometimes that feeling that can happen that like, you know, oh, I wasted this yeah. time, this was all time waste wasted. It. And it's like, it's not wasted because like, would you have been able to have figured that out any other way? Probably not. Exactly. That was your way of figuring out. I mean, we're way of the artist here, right? Like whatever your way is, part of that's your goal. Your goal is helping you find your way to get to wherever you need to get to so that you can find your way more. I mean, it's a constant journey of exposing yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know who you are right now. And, and this is, is, I'm saying this as much myself as I'm saying it to you and to our audience. We don't know who we are until we go and reach and extend ourselves beyond where we're at. Then we can start to go, oh, this is more me. But if you keep doing what everyone else is doing and you never push or reach yourself, you don't know yourself because you just know yourself based on what everyone else is telling you to want and telling you who to be. So you, you, you owe it to yourself to reach beyond that just to find out who you are. Here's another thing I want to say, and I, I don't want to let this pass. I just, it's such an important point, and I'm just waiting for a window, and I don't know if I'll get it. A goal is not so much about what you get, but it's about who you become. So when you go after your goals, what you do along the way to get your goal matters. If you mm. start burning bridges, if you start like, hurting people, if you do bad things, you might get what you want, but you'll become not who you want. So... Um, it might look like people are succeeding when they've just done treacherous, like terrible things to other people in the world. Like they've just been horrible and it might look like they got the win at the end because they got what they wanted or they got this reward. I guarantee you that who they become haunts them. And you, you, they might 
have ways of, of masking that, but I'm telling you like who you become on the way to your journey is so, so important. And that is not to be understated. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. Um, it's yeah, it's arguably the most important thing. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I just want to, to pose that it's like begin to, to look at your life. This is sometimes an exercise that, um, you know, different, different classes or coaches or even therapists will, will, will give to their, their clients or students. And it's, you can, you can write it out, but like, you can even begin to just like think and look on, on the life that you have lived up to this point and begin to see it as, as with the element of creativity in the sense that it's like your life is every bit of an odyssey, like the one that Odysseus had, you know, <laughs> like, like just begin to see your life as a terrific mythological, you know, unfolding because it truly is like, if you, if you look for it, you will find it. You'll, you'll begin to see the, the themes and the figures that have shaped your life. The, the, the trials, the turmoils, the discoveries, all of the becomings, the, you know, all of these things that you have experienced in your life, like you've like, this is, there's tremendous power and weight to your life and your life story, you know, and if we can begin to see our lives more in that sense with a, that element of, of creativity and playfulness, you know, perhaps we can be a little bit more emboldened in the things that we, that we pursue mm. going forward. Right. I, I agree. I, I think it's very important to look at your life that way and really celebrate your life, whatever, whatever got you to where you're at. I mean, even if you feel like, you know, you spent most of it doing stuff that was meaningless and purposeless or a miss, or you were, you know, astray in a weird way, being astray, was what you needed to get to this point to, 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 to take the adventure of your life. Yeah. Right. And, um, I, I often have had moments where I will look back on my life and say, you know, if only I was encouraged in school when I was young, if only I had, uh, you know, parents around to give me like attention when I was a kid. And, um, if only, if only, if only I've looked back and I thought, you know, like all this, um, potential that I felt like got wasted in a young, young eye. But like, it's like my life journey, although seemingly imperfect along the way was part of what gave me certain things that I would have never gotten had things gone that way. So the hardships and the pains and the hurts and things that I've had to go through to get to where I am to champion all that shit and to be me now is a pretty incredible little journey. And, you know, I think you can look at life and you can go, you can always be a victim of your life or you can look at life and you can be a champion of it. And I can tell you from my own personal experience that choosing to be the champion is always the better option. And you might not look at what you've done in your life as very important. You might think like, I haven't done much or whatever. Here's the thing. You're alive. So you made it alive and not everybody does. And you might take that for granted, but I'm telling you right now that not everybody does. Not everybody makes it to where you're at alive. Some people get sick. Some people off themselves. Some people just entirely like give up. 
Like, but you made it here to have the awareness to, to, to have the decision point to decide to live. And whether you're, you know, 80 years old or whether you're 10 years old, and it doesn't really matter. Like whatever point in your life that you figured it out to start being like, that's part of what's going to make your life so meaningful. And I, I think that you can, you know, you can sit around all day and you can think about the past, but it's never going to do any good. So, you know, use that whole life that you have before, before this moment to inform the life you're about to live. Even if you had a year left to live, you can make that the best year of your life, the best week of your life, the best day of your life. And that, you know, why would you excuse that because of some things that happened in the past? Why would you take that away from yourself because some past didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out Mm -hmm. or you thought it should work out? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm drinking. I like to hear about it. Um, I'm just drinking a nice, easy, light one today. This is um, the Stanley Park Day Tripper West Coast Lager. Oh, nice. I think we had that one once before. I think we probably have had it, and, but it was there, and it's just I felt like I uh, can't have anything too heavy right now. I just want <laughs> something kind of nice and light, and it's it's doing the job. But it's it's a really nice it's a really nice lager. Um, mm. Cause sometimes I find just like loggers are too, they're just too nothing, you know, and they can all have a sort of, they all just taste pretty much one just tastes the same as, as the next one. Yeah. But this one actually has, has a little something going on with it while still retaining just kind of a nice refreshing crispness that a, that a logger should have. So it's been good. Nice. Nice. Well, I don't know if we had this one before. I don't think we did, but it's Hefeweizen season, so I'm doing it up. Um, this one's a peach Hefeweizen, and it's called, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Persephone? Persephone? Persephone. Persephone. Ah, I knew it would say it wrong. Persephone. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, it's tasty. It's a good little half. Um, I don't know. It's oh yeah, who's it by? Let's just uh, it's, give give them a little shout out. Oh, I know Persephone is the company, Persephone oh. Brewing Company. They're in uh, they're in they're in Gibson's BC. I thought that was the name of the beer. It's the name of the beer is Peach Hefeweizen, and the company is Persephone Brewing yeah. Company. Okay, yeah, hey, they're good. It's tasty. I like it. So there you go, folks. <laughs> little brew to spur on the combo. Yeah. Well. You know, we, we talked a lot. We said our beer part. <laughs> so <laughs> let's wrap this baby up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty good with, uh, where we've, we've come to, uh, we've had some interesting explorations and, and, and discoveries and of this subject around, around goals. And, and I hope that we've managed to reframe some of how, we look at what goal setting is and what planning on things are, you know, it's like our goals need to, to be something that comes from, uh, our, our innate nature. Uh, it's the things that are of, of most value to us, at least to the best of our understanding of what those things are, you know, like the, the, the more we can know ourselves, the more clear, the path is for us to take, or at least the more clear the direction is <laughs> perhaps is the better way to, to look at it. And then it's really just about like getting yourself going 
in the direction and those things will change and be open to the things that change, be open to, um, the discoveries that you have. And, and when you realize that the goalpost has, has shifted for you, that's, that's not something to bemoan. That's something to celebrate. Mm. You know, when you, those discoveries are huge discoveries, you know, they're just not the ones that necessarily there's parades about, but you should throw your own internal parade for when you discover those things, because you do need to celebrate that. Cause that is, I mean, it's your life where you've had a, a dramatic, meaningful discovery about the person that you are and the person that you want to become. I mean, there is almost nothing more important in this life than those, than learning things like that Mm. about who you are. So celebrate the changes that come along the way that show you more of who you are. And, um, and then you make your next plan fully willing that it, might completely change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be okay with the plan going to shit, you know, so to speak. I mean, be okay with the goal going to shit. I mean, just set the goal, write it down and try to figure out like what you want and why you want it. And, you know, you might say, well, I want it because it'll feel good and because, uh, you know, it'll make me more of this, or you might have some ideas, but like be open to discovering a new why as you go through it. Like you might not have all the answers and, also, I would just say, like, my advice to my younger self setting goals, and I guess this goes for everybody, is I would say, set the goal, not because you need to get this thing, but because you need to get there, or at least get close to there, to see what you really want. And maybe you will really want this, but set the goal so that you can get to the next point, so you can see the next thing. Because if you stay where you are, you won't be able to see it. And... I would just say that like, you know, that's, that's just a way to look at goals, but I would say that, you know, who are you? Cause that's part of the discovery of all this. And we're suggesting that I stand by the idea that you're an infinite being, you can be anything, you can do anything and you have unlimited expression with inside of you. Um, but there's something that will be meaningful and important to you for whatever reason. And that's what's the important part. You know, that's the part of you that you want to start to figure out and discover. And it's where you put attention, you know, and we've talked about this in the past, we had past podcasts, and I think the goal helps you focus your attention. And attention, as you've said, Evan, is magic. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.